All right, good evening, everybody. Um, so welcome to V Brown Bag. Uh, we are on the EMEA channel, and we are continuing our VCAP 6 DCV design series this week. Um, and we have two presenters with us, both our VCDX. We've got Jason and Ron. So I will let them introduce themselves in just one second. Technical difficulties. There we go, slide didn't want to change. So um, there we go, see, the ice is broken. I already messed up PowerPoint. You guys are gonna be golden for the rest of the, the episode. Uh, so make sure if you are watching live uh, that you join in on the conversation. Uh, feel free to ask questions uh, via the GoToWebinar uh, or via Twitter, and I'll be monitoring that. So you can use the at vbrownbag handle or at vbrownbagemea, as well as hashtag vbrownbag. Um, so we will be continuing this series um, every Tuesday on the EMEA channel until we are finished. So we only have a few uh, episodes left. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to Jason and Ron for a second and let them introduce themselves. By the way, I'm Rebecca. I'm going to be your host this evening. I should have said that at the very beginning, but that did not happen either. Um, so Jason, go ahead. Sure. So my name is Jason Grierson. I'm VCDX206. Uh, my uh, Gmail account is below along with my Twitter handle. Um, I'm also the one uh, that wrote the simulator or I run virtualtiers.net. I also contribute to vmusketeers a little bit. And fun fact, I was the guy that walked into the defense after Ron. So <laughs> with that, we'll segue into Ron. <laughs> Hi, everyone. I'm Ron Waddell. I'm VCDX227. Um, I am an uh, infrastructure architect uh, at an actual VMware customer here in Chicago, so I get to, I get to exercise some infrastructure architecture skills um, from a customer perspective most days. And uh, you have my Twitter handle there, and feel free to reach out if you have any questions. Right. Um, and unfortunately for Ron and Jason, I'm also VCDX um, number 243, so I'm going to be harassing them for the next hour. Um, so, all right. You Someone are, has to keep us on. Exactly. <laughs> I would expect the same from, from you guys. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and make Jason um, the presenter here. There we go. So whenever you're ready, feel free to take it over. Perfect. Can you see my screen? Or Yes. Oops, we're good to go. Okay, so, so as we said before, Ramadel, Jason Grierson, there's our contact information. We'll be covering um, objective 2.4 on the VCAP uh, 6 DCV design uh, blueprint, which is building our manageability requirements into a vSphere logical design. So uh, for our agenda here, uh, Jason and I are going to go through uh, the points from the blueprint, um, but to start that off, we're going to kind of do a quick review of design qualities um, as such as since they are so important to both the VCAP DCV design exam and as well when you graduate up into a VCDX level defense. Um, it's a key part of both uh, exams and so we'll take a little bit of time to review those qualities. And then I'm not going to read them off here, but we're going to we're going to hit each of these blue are these bullet points um, at least at a high level to provide some insight on how they may apply to either the DCV uh, VCAP exam or a VCDX defense. Perfect. So uh, as we, uh, as I said before, the design qualities that um, covered here, availability, manageability, performance, recoverability, and security are, are key to both the VCAP design exam and a VCDX level to defense. Um, the quality that we're most going to be focused on tonight is going to be manageability, um, kind of bolded there. But all of these design qualities interact with each other, and you have to find balance, whether it is with the manageability versus performance or recoverability or security, and you tease those out. Uh, when you build that conceptual model and you work with your customer and you find which one of the design qualities is going to be most important to them and then you try to balance against all the other requirements and constraints that may come up. Yeah, and, and this is a very uh, important part both for the, the, the design exam and, and the VCDX process because these are areas they're going to score you on and, and um, like 
quiz you on and attack you on a lot in those two processes. These are incredibly important in the VCX, and you'll see a handful of questions revolved around these pillars on, on the DCD or the design exam as well. So I, getting getting into it, what, what we wanted to kind of do is kind of set the tempo uh, with, with this presentation around, uh, you know, uh, how the exam is going to look and how this is act, how this chapter is actually going to tie into uh, the DCD or the VCAP DCV. Uh, I apologize if I say DCD, it was, it's just the uh, the format that I've, I've been used to talking about for, for so long. Uh, so one of the things when I when I first went down my DCD or, or VCAP DCV journey was when I read this chapter, I kind of read it over and looked at it. I'm like, okay, it's management, it's change control, it's that sort of stuff. How are they physically going to quiz me on this? What can they quiz me on? Um, so we get a lot of questions and a lot of those things. So for instance, the blueprint does a really great job of giving you the keys to the kingdom, but they don't really tell you where to look in the kingdom. So we want to just kind of drill down and hyper-focus not only on the VCDX journey that you may take after this and how, the, how this chapter is important to that, but also how it ties into the exam specifically. Uh, so with that said, when you look at the title, Build Manageability Requirements into the vSphere 6.0 Logical Design, the key word in here is requirements they're really going to be looking for you to extrapolate out of this chapter is how to pull the manageability requirements out of a customer or question and and how to look at those and what to do with them and from a tool sets point of view these are kind of like the tools that you're, you're going to see these kind of scattered throughout the presentation and we're going to double back to this um, because these are these you're going to see like these are the things they can quiz you on so they, if they say we want to streamline management or we, or we want to uh, make deployment quicker these these are all requ management requirements and tools we can use to help improve them uh, or build into the design or design around um, any additional comments there ron or no I, I think you hit it right on the head you know these are some of the tools that they offer us and we're not going to go deep dive into what those tools do. Uh, it's it's the tools that are in the tool set that they want you to be aware of and, and how they can affect those requirements uh, in your design itself. Um, so. Perfect. So, yeah, kind of segueing into that. Um, so, you know, these are typical questions I, I get uh, when people are challenging the, the VCAP design uh, exam is, you know, how do I score points? Uh, what will I be quizzed on in 2.4? How do I study for this section? Um, so realistically, uh, since the exam is only drag and drop and a design canvas now, um, you're going to be quizzed on this section in, in one of those two ways. And, and more than likely, it's going to be revolved around the pillars and, and extrapolating requirements out of them. So like this example on the bottom left here, you have a scenario where they want you to categorize some requirements based off availability, manageability, performance, recoverability, and security. So this is, you know, that this is what we were talking about in the last slide there is using those tools and pulling out the requirements and being able to categorize them into the pillars and, and those sorts of things. Um, an example on the design canvas where manageability and being able to extrapolate those requirements would come in would be something uh, with, a, with a constraint of, you know, the customer only has standard or enterprise, not enterprise plus, go configure a networking diagram, right? So you can't use the VDS at that point. Um, so, and this can sometimes have a domino effect in into the design because you might be, um, you might be supplying a requirement that is needed, but that could also add constraints or change the design in, in a way that affects other pillars as well. Um, anything, anything you want to jump on there, Ron, before we, we jump no, into your characters? So in relation to the exam and those characteristics and the drag and drop, it's also good to know that you know sometimes things do fall into more than one category, right? Something may be both availability and manageability or performance and recoverability. So um, the, being able to understand what those pillars mean and how they may tie back to those customer requirements that I feel is a, a, one of the key things that we're, we're going to be scored on on this exam. Perfect. So with that, we'll jump right into the bullet points and the agenda, which is actually breaking down the, the sections of 2.4. So I, I believe you have, I think we each have six points at, or somewhere yes. along there. So, <laughs> yeah, so I'll, I'll take the first six here, and then uh, we're going to get into uh, the last six with Jason. Um, so looking at the bullet points from the exam blueprint from VMware, the first one that it had listed was evaluating management services that can be used in a given vSphere solution. And so I was 
I was kind of torn on how to how to approach this for everyone, but I figured we could start with a, a VCDX example. You know, here's a handful of requirements that were gathered from a customer. Um, we want to reduce a manage reduce admin overhead. We have multiple data centers, but then we have a constraint with licensing. Um, so, so how are we going to evaluate which management services we can put into the design itself? So, based on our constraint of our licensing, we're able to to pick and choose um, a fair amount of those technologies that they want to cover in terms of vCenter or the VDS um, or host profiles, which will all help reduce the admin overhead. Um, and then on the right, I wanted to just highlight a, a design from the validated design reference architecture that kind of shows, you know, how you would even take that to the next level in terms of uh, a design to encompassing all data centers, you know, showing manageability because we have a single sign-on, a single sign-on domain that is shared across all the data centers, which would reduce that management overhead for the customer by allowing them to, you know, share licenses, have a single place to handle uh, authentication across the entire board. So really, um, here, again, it goes back to trying to evaluate based on customer requirements, you know, what you're going to use in your design to meet those manageability requirements. You know, are you, are you going to have linked mode vCenter? Are you going to have a cluster database to back it up? You have to take all of those into consideration and still come back to the requirements listed to meet your customer requirements, but ensure that you're meeting that manageability design quality. So, um, and then, so going into the next point, uh, the differentiating infrastructure qualities related to management, what, what this really comes down to is trying to find a balance in your design, you know, looking at all the you know, the pillars in terms of availability, manage ampers, manageability, performance, security, and making sure that you're finding a balance with your solutions. If we were strictly concerned with manageability, you know, we could do a single vCenter with a single data store and perhaps password policies controlled by the platform services controller. And again, another single data store. But when you look holistically at your design and the other design qualities, you have to find a balance. Um, your single data store might not be there to provide you enough performance to meet your other requirements. Or, you know, it may be such a large data store that you can't recover it if there was an outage in your published RTO. Um, so you always have to be going through the circle or, you know, this, this diagram Jason put together, all the design qualities, and tying them back and trying to find a good balance. And you get that balance, you get the priority for that balance from your customer, from that conceptual model that you built with them, um, going through their requirements and their constraints and that interaction with the customer to find what's the most important. You know, if they're extremely understaffed and operationally poor, manageability may uh, went out over security or availability, depending on what that customer is pushing for. So when you want to differentiate those qualities, you know, in related to management, you got to find a balance. Um, and that's, that's going back and, you know, continuously going through that design methodology after you build your logical and physical models, going back to the customer and refining constantly throughout the process. Yeah, I, I think one one of the two that constantly fight with each other is manageability and security. Those, those that's like a double-edged sword because the more you lock stuff down with security, the harder it is to manage, right? So exactly, you have a lot lot more details to manage there. You know, the the example I put up, the simple password policy. You know, so your security for the customer may require you to be changing the SQL Service account if you're using a Windows vCenter every 90 days. So how do you manage that? You know, that that becomes a management nightmare, and that's when you start to start to reach out and figure out maybe a scripted solution to balance out the manageability because they have less staff, but to meet that security concern. Perfect. So, um, <laughs> not a lot on this slide, unfortunately. Uh, differentiating, differentiate available command line based management tools. Um, really, uh, for the DCD exam, uh, you know, I think this is more just about understanding that there's, you know, the three big ones, PowerCLI, VCLI, and VMA available to you, and what they do. You know, the PowerShell commandlets allows you to manage your vSphere environment with the PowerShell uh, interface. 
but at the same time, it also has uh, ESXi getting ESXi commands, so that kind of overlaps with the VCLI. Um, and then the VMA um, kind of, again, has some VCLI uh, qualities, but as well as, you know, the syslog server and some other scripting tools available. So in relation to the DCD exam, the, you know, just understanding what these tools do and how they relate to you. And then in terms of your VCDX journey, it's always looking at these tools and putting them in a design where you're going to be meeting a customer requirement. Um, sometimes, you know, if you're, you have, you're constrained from licensing and you're not able to leverage, you know, VROPs or some of the more advanced tools, you can always come back and leverage PowerShell to meet those customer requirements um, or VCLI or VMA. Um, it's, it's all about understanding what's available and what meets your requirement. And this is a trend you're going to see with this particular chapter with the, the design exam is the design exam, uh, it definitely, there is a lot, it talks about management a lot and there will be stuff that quizzes you in there, but it might not be weighted quite as heavily as some of the other chapters. Uh, so they're, what they're really doing in this chapter is laying the groundwork for the, the proper design methodology to, to teach you how to ask the right questions. And then if you decide to pursue your VCDX, uh, that's where more of this stuff will kind of come in as well. Yeah, it's the management tools. It's not really a tech-heavy chapter, but it's definitely a bigger picture, business-driven chapter. For sure. Um, so again, let's let's evaluate customer solutions. Here's the VCDX example was changed from a couple of slides ago. So the customer now only has enterprise licensing, and we still want to reduce our admin overhead. So. So what solutions can we use? You know, understanding that without Enterprise Plus, you know, we've just lost VDS. Without vSphere with operations management, we've lost vROPs. And how's that going to impact our customer design? You know, what can we leverage? What tools are available to us? So, so again, um, you know, the vCenter, DRS, HA, we're not going to go deep into those, those technologies, but being under, able to understand kind of the limits that come with that constraint and evaluating those solutions. And then when we tie that back to, like Jason showed in his example with the, the drag and drop, understanding you know, how, what solutions are gonna be available if you get asked a question of, hey, we want to increase manageability, what technologies can we use to do that? And that's what we're gonna come and list here. But the customer has a constraint of only enterprise, so you gotta make sure that you're not putting stuff in that sounds great, and if we all had a free budget, we would always design the most advanced, awesome solution, but in reality, that's not how it works out. So, again, like Jason said, this is kind of a, a higher, uh, less technical uh, chapter. Yeah, <laughs> so building interfaces to the logical design for existing operations. And really what we need to do here is take a look at an existing customer's in, uh, existing uh, infrastructure and tie that back into our virtual design, excuse me. So, you know, we have to take into consideration Active Directory. What's the customer's password policy? You know, do, are we going to be adding our ESX host to Active Directory for, you know, management for access to them? Does a customer have some type of uh, syslog already stood up? Do they have requirements based on governance that says you have to leverage that syslog and rotate and keep X amount of days? And also a, a big part of management is tying it into change management. So is there a CMDB? How do we tie the virtual infrastructure into that CMDB? Leveraging vCenter tags, um, change control when you add a host to the infrastructure, what does that look like? You gotta take all of that in consideration when designing for manageability. It's not all about just the virtual infrastructure. We have to take a holistic approach to the entire infrastructure and tie in existing solutions that the customer may have. You know, when we talk about manageability in this regard, if say we had a customer wanting um, to reduce management overhead, how, you know, does that include our maintenance window? Do we have a big enough maintenance window to do all of our patching in how we've designed our infrastructure? We have to take into consideration all of that uh, before we go forward. Yeah, and not so much to the, the design exam, but in the, in the VCX track as well, you know, it, it, when you get your defense and stuff, like they could ask you, 
questions like, you know, where's your syslog? How's it backed up? You know, what if that breaks? Things of, of that nature. And, you know, that all kind of wraps up into that management silo and that management bubble. Um, so, it, and it, it's kind of funny how quickly you can run down the rabbit hole on that. Very much so. And, you know, when we're talking about design qualities, syslog's another one of those that can rolls over into security. You know, what's the security posture? How many logs do we have to keep? How often is your ESX host rotating logs? Is, is it an extremely busy host? Is there something wrong where you're rolling through a couple of gig a day and only capturing 12 hours? Those are all types of things you have to take in consideration, especially like Jason said, from the VCDX design perspective, is looking, you know, taking a step back from just, you know, all virtual infrastructure and understanding what that customer needs to fit into their existing practices. Yeah, I think this slide's like a perfect example of what you're talking about earlier of how some so many times our design qualities are interdependent, right? So you mentioned like, for example, the syslog and security, but you could also argue, you know, monitoring of the hardware, uh, you know, and even SNMP could potentially be availability related. Correct. You know, uh, maintenance window, that could be, performance related when you start thinking about, well, how many hosts can I patch at a time and still meet my performance operating level agreement that has been set with the customer? Is it one host, two hosts? Does that even apply during a maintenance window? So you got to take those into consideration when you design it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, if, you have, if you have a customer who's eight to five Monday through Friday, then you know what? Maybe we can get away with taking three hosts out of a six host cluster during maintenance. Maybe we can't. You know, you got to take those holistically into consideration. It's not just management wanting to plow through your updates. It's also performance for the applications and services that are running in your virtual infrastructure. Yeah, another example of that would be if you have N plus two. So with N plus two, you're like, okay, I can take two hosts down for maintenance purposes, which is great. But when you have those two hosts down, is there going to be any problems? What if a host fails? Can you still can you still fulfill your SLAs? Is, are you going to take a performance hit if one host fails when you're doing two when you bring two down for maintenance? You no longer sustaining your N plus two, uh, those sorts of questions. So it it, it definitely can it can fan out really quickly. And those are all valid things to be quizzed on in especially the VCDX defense is making sure as a, you know, design expert, not just the virtual infrastructure, being able to step back and understand the entire picture that the customer is presenting to you and making sure that you're not, you know, forsaking management by putting in this great product um, that's super, super complicated to manage, but still won't meet their performance requirement during a maintenance window or something along those lines. Um, now, this one, uh, addressing identified operational readiness deficiencies. There is, I, there's not much I can, I feel like I can speak to as an expert on this slide in particular, because if you were to go to the reference uh, located at the bottom of the page and the slide deck will be up on Jason's blog, um, post this, um, or you can, if you're watching on YouTube, pause it and type it out. Uh, VMware has put in, it, this is really the marriage between your virtual infrastructure and following some ITIL um, guidelines in terms of filling out a quiz and understanding where you are from an operational readiness, where you want to be, and then it shows you what the industry averages as well. Uh, it's a great tool to be able to highlight you know, where you may be deficiency, you know, deficient in a design, you know, oh, wow, we filled it out. We're really, really poor on, say, problem ops. Well, why is that? Well, according to this, you know, when you look at it, does your tier three all have VCP level certifications? Um, is there enough knowledge at a tier three where based on a customer that may not be a concern, but this helps highlight some of the, and helps to gather those requirements for the design. Um, yeah, you can kind of look at this as a roadmap. Uh, like VMware ha has really good roadmap images if you want to get to the full like private cloud or hybrid private cloud with the full automation suite, right? But you're not gonna, as a new customer, you're not gonna just go from zero to 100. It's gonna be a crawl, walk, run kind of mentality. 
be in most cases. You're going to stand up the infrastructure, go on a journey a little bit further, the next budget cycle and further and further. Uh, from a management aspect and or change management or ITIL, this is kind of like their roadmap of if you're here, here's how you get to here. And, and from a design perspective, this is where you could add in extra pieces from a, from the manageability silo to try and help a customer possibly get there if that was a requirement or they might not even know it's a requirement until you discuss it with them. <laughs> Mm -hmm. And and this is also goes back to you know some of the first sections for the VCAP DCD building that conceptual model building out requirements and constraints, um, you know making some assumptions and highlighting risks. This is another great tool that VMware provides you to to be able to sit with the customer as you work through a design to find areas where the customer may be deficient and try to you know put some requirements around you know resolving those issues and if you can't you know those those can be risks and it's a great way to highlight the risks to the customer and say hey look you know we're putting in vro or vrops and your staff has zero experience with it it's a risk that we need to highlight and this tool can help highlight those issues and help you have that conversation with your customer to be able to understand where they're at and where they need to be So moving on, we get we, uh, which is a perfect segue into ITIL and change management. So when when Ron talked to me about jumping into this conversation, I'm like, sure, buddy, no problem. And then and then I looked on the chapters I had. I'm like, what have I done to you? <laughs> yeah, I, I felt really bad because I was, as someone who's come from an operations background, I I find management and manageability to be very near and dear to my heart. And then when we started digging in, it was, it was a whole bunch of ITIL. <laughs> so, so my slides are going to be a little bit dry, but what we're going to do is we're going to go over, the, go over the design methodology around change control, ITIL management, those sorts of things. So that slide, that, that roadmap from uh, an ITIL or, or change management perspective, we're going to go over some of those keys uh, and some of the key points in it. And I'll also talk about how it's going to tie back to the exam. Uh, so with that, with, with that in mind, uh, I am going to, I hate doing this in presentations because I'm a strong believer that you should never just read bullet for bullet for bullet on a, on a presentation slide. So I've, I've tried to, mi to minimize that as much as possible here, but I want to just drive out some key points here because they are very important to these specific um, design methodologies. So an event, so an event is a change of a state which might have an influence of, uh, of the management of a service or system. So, so everyone kind of, if they've ever ran, you know, vCenter or any other management tool, you know, events pop up a lot of times. They're typically not too concerning. When they when they tend to get concerning is when an incident happens, which is an event which is not part of a standard operation. It might cause a service disruption or reduce productivity. Um, so we've all seen those. Someone's, you know, pulled a switch down or done something silly or like a bug or glitch, something breaks and it, it's, it's causing an impact to the business. Uh, a problem is is one that causes, is the cause of one or more incidents, the problems are usually identified because of multiple incidents. So you keep getting this, users can't get to the file server, users can't get to the file server. Um, and then so what will, what will happen from a change management perspective is you will create a problem ticket and link in or copy those notes, but you won't take an incident ticket and, and turn it into a problem. Um, and But now that's not to say that an incident can't give you evidence on how to fix the problem. That will still be handled by your help desk. But this is all part of the, the change management control. And, and when you're doing your conceptual design or your discovery with a customer, if they do have a change management uh, um, manager or staff uh, in-house, uh, definitely like when you're, when you're talking to them, they would be a subject matter expert you'd want to talk about from a management perspective. You'd want to have them in the room for sure because they, they know this stuff cold. And also, like to Jason's point, uh, you know, on the on that slide at the very bottom, you know, SLA question mark. You know, it, it's very easy in you know VCDX design. I, I've gathered my customer requirements. We require ninety nine point nine percent uptime, and our design meets that. But at the same time, you still have to work with your customer to to figure out a way to measure that. And I feel like this is a this this in particular is you know that event incident problem management talks to you being able to measure yes. if you're meeting the SLA. Yeah, hundred percent. Because you know, and this is a very good question. If you go to a customer and you say, you know, what kind of uptime do you want? They're like, ah, I want ninety nine percent or whatever the number is they give you. And you say, okay, no problem. Uh, what was your uptime last year? A lot of people struggle with ways of measuring this or measuring 
you know, their service level agreements for their users or customers. So like Ron said, this is exactly what change management is for. It is a way of measuring an SLA and, and different units in the business can have different SLAs as well. So you could have a publicly facing um, a cloud or app or something that could have a much str str more stringent SLA opposed to like the poor dev guys down, the, down, you know, a couple of cubicles over. Uh, so 100%, it's definitely a way of tracking um, and assuring mm -hmm. an SLA so that you can you can go back to the business and say, yeah, we're, we're meeting the numbers that you've, you've set forth for us. Uh, analyze release management practices. So essentially, uh, there's a lot of information around this. Uh, at the end of the presentation, uh, I have some references where I pulled this from. It's a, it's part of the, the blueprint. There is a, a long ITIL version three uh, PDF VMware does publish. That's where most of this is pulled from, uh, along with what uh, a blog I used to study for the uh, the DCD last time I, I wrote it. Uh, but the important part here is, so the release and deployment management is the effective release and de deployment delivers significant business value by delivering changes at optimized speed, risk, and cost, and offering a consistent, appropriate, and auditable implementation of usable and useful business services. So what this really kind of translates to is this is define the process that can get a service into production or a request into production. So if you look at the ITIL kind of flowchart here, you can see where the release management comes in the middle there. And and what this means is from a business perspective is if I have a service that I need to get into production or a request, how do I do it? And and what you're going to be looking for from a design perspective or from for the exams perspective is how can I make it more optimized, cost efficient, low risk, consistent, audible, and usable and easier to consume by the business. So things that we have from a VMware's perspective that can help us to, to achieve this is VMware templates, snapshots, uh, the VMA with scripting, uh, vSphere orchestrator or v, vRealize orchestrator, uh, or the vRealize suite in general. Um, so the, the more ways you have of quickly being able to do that will help achieve that. With that, we roll into the determine request fulfillment and release management process. So, you know, I, again, I, I hate reading from this, but the request fulfillment process is a service request, is a request from a user for information or advice or for a standard change or for access to an IT service. In short, enable users to request and receive standard services. So if we look at the, the middle here, we have a, uh, the flowchart, we have a user makes a request usually through some form of a help desk call, whatever it may be. They come and tap you on the shoulder at your desk <laughs> or in, and sometimes line up at your desk. Uh, there's an approval process and then there's a request fulfillment. So you actually go and do what the request is and then you close the ticket from a change management perspective. So how can we actually help with this from a design aspect from within, from, from in, within VMware is we can assign roles within the VMware environment or tool sets uh, uh, to roles in the organization that can fulfill these user to, that can fulfill these requests. So an example of this would be vSphere permissions of virtual center infrastructure. So we could give the help desk maybe the ability to spin up VMs or reset VMs or, or do, you know, add a NIC or add, you know, attach the CD-ROM drive or something of that nature. It could be templates to, to help, you know, do a fulfillment. Those templates could also be linked to a self-service portal or a script or some kind of flow inside the, um, you know, vSphere orchestrator or vRealize orchestrator. Uh, and these could all be things that could help fulfill fill those requests. And there's lots of different ways to achieve that. It doesn't necessarily have to be someone manually doing the steps or, or pushing a button. Uh, I've actually seen uh, in some service programs like ServiceNow and uh, uh, I forget what the other large one is, uh, where they actually have it linked with the APIs where once a request is actually approved, it goes into, you know, orchestrator and it kicks off a flow and it, you know, it all goes and does its thing. And, you know, there's less uh, administrative overhead that way, especially for simple tasks and those sorts of things. So I've, I've actually seen some, some neat implementations of that as well. Yeah. And going back maybe, you know, to the VCDX perspective again, it's, it's trying to leverage all of those tools in a way that fits the customer's requirements while still taking at least in this, in this, you know, what we're talking about tonight, manageability into perspective. You know, all of that, you know, all those scripts are great and it may fit the, you know, the budgetary constraint you may have, but at the same time you have to balance that against, you know, if I'm providing the script, does the staff have knowledge to maintain the script? If there's problems with the script, what happens? Yeah, for sure. And and then like like you said, especially from a VCDX standpoint, it, it's really laying the groundwork, and those are those are things that you have to pull out and design around or call out for sure. 
so determine requirements for configuration management. Uh, so uh, Ron actually touched on this a little bit earlier as well with a, configura a configuration management database. Um, so change management, uh, you know, in short, is the purpose of change. The purpose of change management process is to ensure that standardization methods are used for the efficient and prompt handling of all changes. Uh, and this is this typically usually has a configuration management system tied with it. Uh, so, what, you know, why is standardization methods important? It's to reduce errors, it's to keep things consistent, and to re reduce the, you know, the, the administrative overhead. So, keynotes. So, would on, you say to make an environment more manageable? Yeah, yeah, manageable. Yeah, for sure, 100%. Um, and, and, you know, again, this goes back to ITIL or any kind of change management process. And I, I've seen it from very little to, to you know, the full ITIL kind of implementation. Uh, and again, definitely 100% to make it more manageable. Uh, and, and another good um, kind of design aspect around this, too, is let's say, for instance, you had a customer requirement or constraint that said, well, we need to streamline the change management control. The virtualization change management is too long. We have to get approvals from the storage team, the network team, the server team, the Wintel team, and then the VMware team to, you know, before we can make a change to like add a data store or something like that, which is, which is crazy, right? And that could take sometimes three weeks before everyone makes the approval. So, you know, maybe that drives your design towards, um, you know, a hyper-converged environment like a, a SimpliVity or Nutanix or um, a Cisco Hyperflex, something like that where, you know, everything is under one team's roof so that the change control only maybe has to go past one or two people opposed to three or four different groups. So keynotes, uh, like Ron was saying for change management here, is the process to control change and the tools at our disposal from the VMware and the, the design exams perspective that they can ask you on is if you realize configuration manager, um, and then v you can- realize orchestrator. Yeah, orchestrator, uh, those sorts of things. So you're going to see a lot of the same tools show up over and over and over again. And like Ron said, like the purpose of this chapter isn't to dive into those tools on a very uh, technical level, but it's to realize what they can do and how they can fulfill requirements from a management uh, perspective or, or capability. Uh, another thing we can do from our tools is we can create change control roles to align with the change policies. Uh, so an example of this is say you had a golden template that was part of a, an orchestration flow uh, or, or even just something that your team deploys. You could set only certain people can make changes to those templates, right, to, to help uh, adhere to that standardization, things of, things of that nature. The next part that the 2.4 chapter, as far as chain control, hits on a lot is the, the service asset in, in the configuration management aspect, or the SACM. And long and short of this whole chapter, the long and short of this paragraph is this is the asset management of IT and non-IT business assets. Um, and the reason why this comes up is definitely you want to track that. Uh, sometimes this can be anything from naming conventions to tracking uh, certain items in your organization, iPads, desktops, VDIs, servers, but it really kind of bleeds into the life cycle uh, as well, so that, you know, the service life cycle of that product. Oops. So a, a good example of this, again, um, in the uh, in the VCDX uh, track is, you know, talking about, you know, okay, well, you talked about a lot about, how, or they could ask you questions about how do you deploy systems, like, so you made this wonderful design, and when you give the keys to the kingdom to the customer and say, here, run with this, you know, what can they follow to deploy, and when the time does come as for decommission cycle, uh, you know, what, what's the decommission process involved in that as well from, from a life cycles perspective? Um, yeah, so and from a VCDX perspective, again, you know, the life cycle management is another, I feel, uh, a big thing that gets overlooked. Um, you know, everyone says, well, I've designed this, you know, six, six host cluster and it's great and everything's awesome. But did, did we talk about what happens when we need to add a host for growth? Did we talk about what happens when we decommission a server because it's out of support? You know, did we talk about what happens when we add another host that was bought three years later? Um, did you enable EVC in your design? So, you know, service lifecycle, lifecycle management are, are key things to always be thinking about. And I feel each section, you know, when you go past this into a VCDX design, you know, that lifecycle management portion of compute storage. How are you adding? How are you decommissioning? Are you setting standards on server names, IP addressing, things that all of those can help reduce the management, you know, reduce the management overhead of an environment while standardizing the ability to grow further? Yeah, 100%.
and 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 we talk a lot about the BCVX uh, in in this chapter just because it is setting a lot of the groundwork for that. But we in, in the end we'll conclude too and kind of give you a close notes version of how to tie this all together and and what to really focus on because some of it does tie back or a lot of it does tie back to the exam. But this is another chapter where, like Ron said, there's a lot of use cases when when going through that design methodology. So getting to exactly that, uh, based on customer requirements, identify required reporting assets and processes. So again, we kind of talked a lot about this and Ron just reiterated some of that is, you know, so, you know, determining monitoring requirements, determining change control requirements, determining SLA for the infrastructure, determine what assets need to be tracked and monitored, determine how newly deployed VMs will, st will stay consistent or be deployed effectively. Um, if this is an, a consulting engagement, when you give the project over, how will you maintain the infrastructure? Uh, you know, how's, how are you gonna scale it out, scale it up, how, how the life cycle process, how is that gonna be done for when you're gone? And definitely the, the, the documentation. The documentation is so critical, uh, especially in a consulting engagement, uh, you know, not only to defend your design, uh, design decisions, but also uh, it's very common for me, you know, I, I hand a customer, I go, here, Mr. Customer, here's the keys, uh, your new infrastructure, have fun, here's a big pile of documentation of, you know, all, you know, everything that we've done, the design decisions around because of your requirements, constraints and risks and all those sorts of things. And then three years later, they come back to me and they go, well, why did this happen? We're, we're having a bottleneck here and, and, you know, yada, yada. And I go, well, yeah, that was because of this, this requirement and the, or this constraint. And this was a design decision. And these were the options that were provided. And this is the one you selected. So it's not only uh, you know, to, to, to help yourself and the customer, but it's also to defend your design decisions um, and, you know, to, and then make sure everyone's on, on the same page in agreement about, you know, kind of what's going in. So and again, you had a great, great point. Um, we keep bringing up going to the VCDX, um, defending those design decisions, you know, tying things back to requirements and understanding your justifications for why you did something. You know. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, that's such a critical part of the VCDEX process, uh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. I, I guess in conclusion, the, the last thing we'll, you know, we'll talk about as well. So, you know, if from, from the VCD or the, the VCAP VCV design exams perspective, there's a lot of groundwork and a lot of design methodology here, especially if you're, you're new to design, uh, that is very important, but, but from a you know, like a Coles notes version or narrowing it down, just focus, like if you had to say, well, if I, I have short time, what can I study for in this chapter? Uh, focus on the management uh, tools that we showed at the beginning there. Um, and because those are the ones that are gonna be help you fulfill your requirements and practice, you know, utilizing those. Like how, how would I fill requirements and how would I design around management you know, requirements and or constraints. Uh, that, that's what the exam is going, to, is going to ask you on and then and those sorts of things. And, and we kind of talked about that a little bit earlier around the drag and drop examples and or the, the design canvas. Yeah, being able to classify those requirements into uh, the ampers or ramps or however you want to remember it, you know, the design qualities, the availability, manageability, performance, recoverability, and security. Being able to classify your requirements and constraints into uh, one of those buckets. Um, I feel like that was a, a great tool for me that helped me pass uh, the first time I took my DCD is as an exercise writing out thinking up even just you know random uh, requirements that a customer may have and say okay so what buckets does this fill, fit into? You know yeah. does it fit into manageability? Does it fit into recoverability, security, whatever it may be? Um, especially for this section on the DCD exam. Again, like there's very, I feel like very few things in this section where you're going to be dropped into the canvas portion, but you're going to be doing lots of drag and drop bucketing. So yes. understanding how a requirement or a constraint can be classified. And that also, you know, graduates up into the VCDX defense is being able to classify what those requirements um, or constraints go into and being able to justify your decisions based on a design quality. I did X because I wanted to maintain manageability because of requirement seven. Mm -hmm. um, being able to walk through that and it's a great exercise and the DCD I think really helps you prepare and jump into that level. Yeah. 
uh, I couldn't I couldn't have said it better. So so with that said, the, the last slide in the deck here is just the references that we use. So these are the references from both me and Ron. Uh, some of these are available through the Blueprint. Other ones are just some blogs that we we pulled uh, some information from. So uh, thank you to the to the blog holders who had this information there, and and full credit goes to them. Uh, so uh, again, these I'm, I'm going to make these slides available on my blog so that if you want to download them and click on the links, if not, pause, pause the uh, the YouTube and 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 check them out. Uh, and, I guess and also, I just want to I want to highlight for folks to who to not write off um, if you actually look at some of the the resources we leveraged and I still use today. Um, the VCAP five to VCAP six resources are still especially for like this section are still extremely relevant. Don't write off a blog post just because you think it's on an older version of the technology. Because in some of these more you know, conceptual and log logical sections of the VCAP exam, not much has actually changed. You know, We're talking about more of a design methodology. So, yeah. So. Yeah, the design methodology isn't going to change, uh, or probably will change very little. So that 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 information will stay static. And and this is a design methodology that's adopted, you know, throughout the IT industry. Uh, I've sat in conferences from all the different vendors, IBM, Cisco guys that talk about this stuff. Um, so th this is a design methodology that's that's been hammered out for some time. Uh, so so like Ron was saying, it's you know don't just throw it away because it's you know it, it's a vcap 5 uh stuff like the, the stuff around the design methodology and the conceptual and logical to a certain aspect uh, that's that's definitely going to stay the same or it will still be very relevant so rebecca did we have any questions pop up uh in chat or on the twitterverse no it's been uh it's been quiet um so I'll turn it over. We have a couple of attendees here. Um, so if you do have any questions, uh, you know, sh go ahead and send us a message. Um, so how many times did you practice this? We showed each other our slides today at lunch. Yeah, I was chatting with Ron um, when you guys were, were when, when, when Jason was speaking, and I was like, wow. Just bouncing back and forth right off each other as, a, as if you had rehearsed it a lot. <laughs> well, that makes me feel good for my public speaking uh, <laughs> experience. Yeah. For sure. And, and I, I, I like when you have other people too because it, it gives you reprieve and the other person catches things you miss uh, and things of that nature. And it really kind of just eases you know, the nerves when you're public speaking and stuff like that too. So I think it's good. And me, me and Ron have worked a lot together in the past. So... Um, it's been fun, and uh, we, we don't have a problem, you know, kind of ending each other's sentences, so yep. I think it worked out well. <laughs> Excellent. Well, uh, still no questions, so I'm going to go ahead uh, and end the recording. Um, so if there's any final words you want to say before we, we end the recording, and then we can say all the bad words after. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just want to say I'm available on Twitter, um, VCDX directory. Uh, feel free to reach out. Um, I'm flagged as a mentor, um, but obviously um, I, I'm, a, I'm a father with three kids, so my time is limited, but I always try to at least provide at least some level of engagement and advice for those attempting the VCDX journey. Um, you know, it took me three defenses, uh, as Jason Starr said at the beginning. I, uh, I had the honor of defending right before him and did such a bad time. Uh, <laughs> did so poorly that obviously he came in and looked like an awesome rock star. And got his <laughs> I, I take full, I full credit to Ron for me passing it. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, um, to kind of piggyback on your point, Ron, like I, I failed VCDX the first time. And I, I think I, I learned so much more from, from, from failing it um, than I probably would have learned if I passed it the first time. So um, for those of you who are listening, uh, even if you go and fail a VCAP, like that's that's okay, right? So it's yeah, it's how you pick yourself up. There's so much to be learned from what you when you fail um, in the VCAP, um, or even if you go into VCDX and you you get up to that panel and you you put your all in there and then you get that feedback and then and the ugly email. Being able to take that feedback for at least for myself and understand the feedback and go, oh wow, I really am weak in this section or I totally didn't even think about XYZ and the amount of learning um, like you said Rebecca in terms of you know 
you you gave a talk at the the Sydney VMUG last week. Yep. Uh, you know why failing VCDX made you a better architect, and I think that's extremely relevant with uh, VCDX defenses. It's you go in front of a panel, and these are experts, and these are your peers, and you get kicked in the teeth, <laughs> and you learn a lot about yourself, and you learn a lot about the technology and design qualities that you were weak in. Yeah. So by no yeah. means is a failure the end of the story, That's unless good. you want it to be, but it's <laughs> yeah. really just a speed bump. Yeah, failure is, your... failure is sometimes the best teacher. Uh, I, I have a story on my blog, and I, I still talk about it today. Uh, I don't think I would be in my career where I am today if I didn't fail the DCD the first time I took it, or the first two times I took it. Um, you know, so I, I was very fortunate, and I, I did get past the VC, the VC Dex, uh but the DCD caught me twice. And, um, you know, the whole reason why my career took the direction it did is because I reflected and I, I looked back and I said, well, you know, where did I go wrong? You know, I studied so hard, you know, and, and what I came to the conclusion of was I needed to better consolidate my study material. I needed to refocus on what the exam was looking for. Uh, and then I ended up building the, the content uh, on virtualtears.net to help other people study and pass to, to get past the hurdles that I had. Um, and then, you know, because of that, I got a tap on the shoulder from VMware and some other companies, uh, and, and my career just went in a totally different direction than I never thought it would. And, and it all it all came from failure, right? So, like like you guys said, failure failure isn't the end if you if you don't if, unless you want it to be. It's uh, <laughs> it's just temporary. Yes, and we're not trying to be a bunch of downers here. <laughs> so I think yeah. the moral of our story is reach out, right? Reach out if you have questions. Um, you know, if you go take the VCAP and, and, and you fail, um, you'll get feedback on your score report that'll tell you what areas you're weak in. Um, so reach out to us, um, you know, the three of us or, you know, anybody else in the community, um, we're willing to, to help, right? Yep, 100%. Yeah. It's a great thing about, I feel, you know, the VCAP and the VCDX uh, communities is, is everyone seen, is, is very ready to help. Um, to that point, you know, I had a very uh, local resource reach out to me uh, via the VMUG and said, hey, I failed my DCD, can you help me out? And, you know, just a quick lunch, went over his feedback and kind of highlighted some areas and, and weak spots. And that's, that's what this community does. They, we, we try to help everybody um, you know, kind of translate some of the the blueprint jargon into real world <laughs> use cases. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Well, I'm going to go ahead and uh, end it. So thank ev thank uh, you too for presenting, and thank everybody for listening in, and those who will be listening later on YouTube. Perfect. No, thanks again for the opportunity. Always a pleasure, and yeah, best of luck, everybody. Yep.